Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. I am so excited that you are here. I also have some exciting news for you. Yes, I do. The fun surprises, okay? We don't like the unpleasant ones, but we got fun surprises over here today. First one, we launched a program. Happy New Month, May 1st. We launched a program today called 30 Days of Faith walking. Okay. So if you have felt your faith wavering, (laughs) you identify with being OE of too little faith. (laughs) This is a program very much designed for you. I wrote a book called Rule and Reign, the Faith Walker Manual a few years ago. And this program is based off of that manual. The manual itself is an activation manual. There are some stories in there to give you context, but a majority of that manual is giving you tools and frameworks, reflective questions, different exercises to really help you actualize this potential that God buried on the inside of you so that you can step fully into this kingdom influence that you have and make the impact that only you can. So Each day, we will drip content to you. There is a video, and these are designed to be shorter form. So some are 15 minutes, some are 30, some some go 45, right? But it's designed to give you new content every single day, yet it builds each day as well. So it's designed that you take it one day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time, so that you can start really leaning into the measure of faith that God has given you, but also really stepping in to faith, right? That's how we receive from God. That's really the difference maker in our life, our faith, okay? So not only do you get new content every day and worksheets to work through to really apply what you're learning, there is a community feed where you can connect with other folks that have made the leap into this program. And we also meet live every single Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, so that you have a live space to get questions answered answered in between utilizing the feed during the week, but you have a space where you can get some coaching, some context, some some challenge, some challenging, and some accountability around what you are learning. So there is still time to get plugged in. I will put a link down in the show notes. So if you are led to really be stepping out in faith in this season. This is a practical program and a way to do that. It's not too late to jump in. Get plugged in. You are invited. So that's number one. Number two, (laughs) I have, your girl's been working behind the scenes, okay? Um, I have been working to transform every single book that God has graced me to write to this point into an audio book. Because I know that so many people don't read like I do. (laughs) I am a reader. I am a highlighter. I am an underliner. I am a note taker. But I know a lot of people are receiving through audiobooks. And so I really have a heart to serve. And I have been turning all of the books into audiobooks. And we have one that is live. So we have the first one, God's Vibes Matter, Reclaiming Your Spiritual Authority. You can find it on Amazon. You can also go to julianapage.com and snag that. And today, 
You're the first to know. (laughs) Heard it here first. We also have God's Vibes Matter, co-laboring with God. This book is really where I talk about building spirit-driven success. I reveal that method. I reveal the process. I break it down in this book. And today I'm actually going to share a chapter called The Fight from Co-Laboring with God. But you can also get this book if you go to julianapage.com. Or you can go to Amazon and get the audio version of the book, God's Vibes Matter, Co-Laboring with God. So I'm going to take you into one of the chapters so you can hear a little bit about what is happening in that book. And if you have any questions at all, you can feel free to reach out to the team as well. Info at julianapage.com. All right, everybody, let's dive into God's Vibes Matter, co-laboring with God. The Fight But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Hebrews 10.39 Faith enables us to live above our senses. Our faith must not be a private thing. It ought to be the most public thing about us. Living by faith rather than by sight enables us to see God's glory. Quote, Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Then you also know that faith is a fight. End quote. 1 Timothy 6.12 We must fight to keep our faith stirred up. And we have to view faith as one of our greatest weapons. Without faith, we can't please God, and we can't battle our enemy effectively. If we really want God in our lives, we must determine to put him in them so he won't have to fight for a spot. Quote, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. End quote. Psalm 37, 5. Sometimes life is extremely hard painful, and heartbreaking. Sometimes we go through circumstances that are relentlessly difficult, and we think our circumstances are unchanging for a long time. When life is relentlessly tough, we have an opportunity to discover how relentless God is. In my struggles, I've discovered how relentlessly kind He is, how relentlessly gracious He is, how relentlessly merciful he is, and how loving and beautiful his nature is. Rest is a weapon. Maybe you're familiar with this scripture. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It is important that we experience the rest of partnership with God. We are invited to live lives without fear, anxiety, worry, or panic. We are invited to live lives in which we never need to react to something because our lives are geared to respond to someone. The power of denial is the power of not accepting what doesn't match the word of God or God's best for your life. Whatever it is, You won't acknowledge it. Let it have power over you or come into agreement with it. You know God is supernatural and can supersede anything in the natural. On the flip side, 
you do have to be careful of the kind of denial that can keep you stuck and has the reverse effect on your life. I'm reminded of Elijah and the Shunammite woman from 2 Kings. The Shunammite woman struggled to receive a prophetic word from the Lord through the prophet Elijah. The prophet told her, quote, Next year at this time you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. End quote. 2 Kings 4.16 Her strong denial was working against her. She knew God was the real deal, but despite that and what had been manifested for others around her, she was reluctant to stand on God as her solid ground. This can be true for us, too. Sometimes it's easier for us to believe what we've wanted for so long is simply not going to happen, or it's not for us, especially if we know only lack, or in the Shunammite woman's case, barrenness. However, denial isn't protection. We must be careful about what we say or resist, about what inner narratives we tell ourselves just to stay safe especially when Jesus is in the equation. There is nothing too hard for God. We can't afford to deny our blessings just because we're scared. We have to believe. The Shunammite woman did not conceive at the appointed time as Elijah prophesied. What's interesting here is that just as soon as she conceived her son, he died and she cried out to Elijah, Quote, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? End quote. Second Kings 4.28. Talk about spiritual warfare. Don't think the enemy won't come at you as you receive what you've been praying for. Remember, quote, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. End quote. John 10.10. Despite her words to Elijah, the Shunammite woman had said, It is well, when asked about her son by a man named Gehazi on her way to Elijah. This is important. That time, despite her hurt, she knew what the enemy was up to, so she took a different approach. She refused to agree with what she saw and empowered herself with the truth. When you're empowered, you're strong. You're bold enough to believe God, and the enemy can't stand against you. When you have adverse circumstances in your face, remember that the devil is a liar. He will bring up old pains to tempt you to think it's real. But unless you come into agreement with his lies, they can't happen. What can you do instead? Get into a Shunammite mode. Refuse to doubt God's promises with supernatural denial. Say, all is well, and challenge yourself to take authority over any lie, fear, doubt, or tormenting spirit trying to shake your faith. Spiritual warfare is real. It's imperative that we keep our appointments with the king and fight to stay mentally present. Some energy won't leave without a fight. Where we feel weak, we should lean in, and the Lord will give us supernatural peace during whatever we face. As we choose to depend on him and submit to him, we will see him fight our battles and situations resolve themselves. Quote, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. End quote. James 4, 7. Like the Shunammite woman, commit to where you are going 
and stay focused. This may also mean being vigilant about getting distractors and doubters out of your atmosphere. You may have to evict the naysayers and those who don't believe miracles happen and who question what you're believing for. Only Elijah could enter the room where the Shunammite woman's son was because he knew he couldn't afford to have any negative energy impact his impartation. And sure enough, the boy was made whole by the spiritual perfection of God. God tells us he will be with us as we go through the water and fire. We will have to face some tests and trials. They cannot be avoided. They are intended to strengthen us and develop our character, make us persevere, sanctify and purify us, teach the unique lessons of suffering and the benefits and disciplines of sacrifice, and make us better people. We often cringe when we think about these things, but if we want to become all God created us to be, our character will have to be prepared to get through our trials. When we face difficulties, we must realize God is using them to strengthen and change us or advance his purpose for our lives. The fruit of godly character must be developed, and very rarely does that occur when things are going along as we want. We are wise to settle down and deal head-on with the challenges he puts before us, whatever they are, if we will receive them as his training for us and submit to his will, we will not get stuck. We will get through them and get to the greater glory and victory. The sons and daughters who are being forged in the fire will come forth radiating the manifested character and glory of God. Prayer is real, powerful, and effective, so don't let others convince you otherwise. They have obviously never experienced the power of prayer in their lives or are oblivious to the impact of others' prayers for them and what they've had on them already. That's unfortunate because prayer is incredibly effective. You can worry or you can trust in God. Trusting in God will change everything, but worrying will make things worse. Provision is believing you possess all you need to do what God has called you to do. Being stewards of the baton of faith in our generation can seem like a lot of responsibility, but God entrusted us with the gospel. We don't need to see what we can do. We just need to be convinced of what God can do. We are to collaborate with God. That is our new measure of safety and success, and that makes everything a destiny decision. How well are you partnering with him? Anything God is in has hope in it, so it will be impossible for us to be bored. If we're breathing, that means the best is yet to come. You have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he is evidence that you have been anointed for whatever assignment he has for you. He wants to elevate you and take you somewhere. You are a carrier of God's glory. You are his fingerprint on this world. And you have the greatest impact when you submit to God's positioning system. Our partnership and co-laboring with the Holy Spirit today is our greatest measure of success and impact. Jesus knew we would have difficulty fixing our eyes on him and encounter our weakness. He said, quote, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. 
So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. End quote. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Faith is the heart of your spiritual life. The enemy wants to choke it out of your life. Just as heart failure tragically affects the body, a failure of faith can make your spiritual life helpless. The good news is that God has given you a measure of faith. And as the Thessalonians demonstrated, your faith can grow exceedingly and keep you from reacting to the lives of the devil. You can stay with your measure of faith or keep growing it. God is waiting on you and the currency of your faith. God is no respecter of persons. He is a respecter of faith. Quote, God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. End quote. Romans 12, 3. When you start saying things that are beyond you, even if you don't believe them, you begin singing the song of the highest version of yourself and align with that truth. Suddenly you are saying and becoming all God wants you to say and become. Here's the real deal. God wants to get the glory from your life. Listen to Jesus' words. Quote, come to me. End quote. This is an invitation to embrace Jesus' nature. This is wonderful news for you in this season. It has to do with how you live. You can refuse to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders and exchange it for rest, his easy yoke, and then learn from him. Draw close to him and he'll give you something. Every time you link up with God, he will balance you out. His grace allows you to be at rest, powerful and in authority when the world would have you be otherwise. Sometimes God needs to know if you can rest, if you can get into position, if you're convinced of all that he promised you. Things can come at you, but you'll live in a place of rest that will bring you into the next dimension. You don't win battles with emotion. You win with rest. You size up the problem, rehearse God's promise, and rest while he shows up. In this wisdom, you'll learn that you can't keep a snake from biting you, but that you don't have to absorb its poison. God will take care of your enemies too if you learn how to rest. Your forced rhythm and manner of hustling outside of the Spirit's leading can be an idol that leads to addictive habits and rebellion. It puts you at war with God. It's either God's way or your way. You win when you realize God can do it better than you can. It makes you powerless. Give up the idol of your rhythm and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. As Matthew so eloquently wrote, Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Staying at rest is your best battle strategy. Rest says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Philippians 4.11 God is most impressed by what we do under pressure, not what we'll say we'll do. What if we learn to relax during warfare? We should enjoy where God has us now and know he is bringing us through something. It's one thing to go through a crisis grandly, but quite another to go through every day glorifying God when there are no witnesses or limelight. The test of life is not success, but faithfulness in life as it naturally is. The power of rest gives us the way forward. It takes more faith when we're accustomed to always being on the go. Where busyness is celebrated, it's difficult to realize that being busy is a weakness. It's an excuse to avoid what's hard and uncomfortable. It has become normal to accept all things swirling around and living under the weight of constantly having to create. There is a rhythm to that lifestyle, and we can pattern ourselves after it to the point that we don't know how to rest well. Work withdrawals have become an interesting phenomenon. We won't buy into the lie that if we take it down a notch or drop the pace, we won't be able to come back up to the rhythm we supposedly need to be successful. So we change our temperaments. Many say that progress doesn't just happen, that we have to fight and press in to lay hold of what God has for us. This is not a new revelation, but rest is a powerful form of progress too, even though it often doesn't feel very productive. Power is not explosions and physical exertion. Instead, the most powerful position to be in is rest. Power is being whole enough and convinced enough and having faith enough to rest in the Lord's covering. Being an empty instrument ready for God to use is the greatest joy. Through alignment and anointing, he sets us on track to pursue the vision and purpose he has for us. Early in my spiritual walk, I thought that when people were saved and started being intentional about living for the Lord, that would make them exempt from battles. But the more I lived this new life and walked salvation out, the more I recognized that battles come no matter what side of the fence you're on. Even if you're living in your own way and in your own strength, you'll still have struggles and heartbreaks. But after you start co-laboring with Christ, you will have his protection in the battles you face. Whatever you face won't kill you. If we aren't careful, we will try to battle spiritual warfare the same way we fought before, not understanding that because we follow Jesus, some battles are par for the course. We cannot engage in spiritual warfare the same way we fought before we came spiritual. We are resting in God. Fighting looks different. Quote, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. End quote. Psalm 46.10. We are still and know God is on the throne. We are still and know God is with and for us. You can fight without moving at all. Your presence, your confidence about who has gone ahead of you and what you've been called to do enables you to not say a word and still be engaged in battle. 
angels are around you and navigating on your behalf, so much so that you can sense what's really a battle and what's not. You don't have to launch out into the battle and start wailing because you know how to fight and be still. Sometimes breakthroughs don't come until you cry out to God. But what's even more difficult than crying out to God when you're in a battle you have no business being in is when you're in a battle God brings you to. You can be doing things the right way, making the right decisions, and suddenly a battle comes to you. When you do things the right way, it doesn't save you from battles. It actually attracts them. When battles come to you, you have a decision to make. And instead of crying out to God, you have to trust him. Trusting God is sometimes harder than crying out to him. If you've disobeyed God, you understand why the only choice you have is to cry out to God for mercy and help. But when the battle comes to you, it makes you wonder if you're doing things the right way. It makes you wonder if you're qualified to be doing what you're doing in the first place, and it makes you question yourself. Right before the battle, you were fine. You knew you were doing the right things and you were proud of yourself. But then you can't understand why all of this was going so well. And then a struggle still came to you. You have to trust God, though you feel you've been ambushed. When we are in these battles, we have to remember who God is. Sometimes the only way to be still in the fight is to remember who put you in the battle and that you're not in it on your own. Sometimes we need to get in our prayer closet and make a demand on God. We decide not to get off our knees until God sends us a word. We need God to show us who we're becoming due to being under attack. We want to know what God is trying to show us. In 2 Chronicles, Jehoshaphat waited to hear from God. Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's, end quote, 2 Chronicles 20, 15. God wanted King Jehoshaphat to know the battle was not over him. We also may be in battles, but not all battles are about us. If we don't understand this, we'll start talking. We'll start asking, why is this happening to me? Some battles are about what God wants to do in us. We tend to make things about us and about what we've done wrong or what we could do better. We understand that the battle is not about that at all. It's about something he is doing in us. We derive a confidence and assurance from that. The more we make it about ourselves, the more we're guaranteed to lose. We are nothing and can do nothing on our own apart from God. When you recognize the battle is about what God is doing in you, when your role in battle is to see how God can increase in you, he then becomes greater than anything around you. Your role in battle shifts from defending yourself to allowing God to increase by what he is doing in you. Despite our disobedience and wrong decisions, God sometimes wants us to know that a battle we're in is the result of what he is doing in us. The battle is part of our process. We figure out who God is and recognize what he has placed in us. This kind of battle is not ours, but God's. Angels are backing us up. A hedge of protection is around us and all things will work for our good. 
Because we know who God is and have partnered with him, we can be stirred up when the enemy tries to tear us down. When God magnifies himself in us, we will rise and push the darkness away. When we engage in battle, it can't be about us. The Holy Spirit who allowed Jesus to rise from the dead is in us magnifying our strength. God laid this foundation for Jehoshaphat because he wants us to know the battle is his, especially when it doesn't look like it is. If the battle isn't ours, does that mean we don't have to fight? You know the answer. The battle isn't ours, but we still have to stand up to it. The spirit of the Lord is a bit confrontational. We are guaranteed the win, yes, but God will not allow us to ignore the attacks when we have the power to end them. Jehoshaphat and his men were told this, You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will deliver you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. 2 Chronicles 2017 Sometimes, God wants us to position ourselves and stand still because he wants us to see he is on our side. He lets us show up to battles with grace, class, and dignity, and with the confidence that in the middle of an attack on our hearts, our position is still one of praise and worship to God. We are not threatened. We are so connected to the Spirit that we give God permission to have authority over us. United like that, We set an ambush for everything trying to ambush us. We remember who we are and get our fight back. God will have you preserve energy in battles that aren't yours so you can reap the rewards and not be tired out fighting battles that don't have anything to do with you. Be still and know that God is on your side and that your worship is releasing ambushes. When the battle is over, the treasure God has placed in you will be your reward. Believe it or not, We're still fighting when we're praising. It doesn't look like it, but we are getting in a position to keep our hearts right so God can still use us. We can trust him when battle is breaking out all around us. The best way to fight is not controlling the narrative of our lives, but being still and living in a posture of worship and praise that allows us to fight. This is the right kind of fight. It doesn't need validation. It just needs to hear from God. Being still protects what God has placed in us. Being in relationship with God gives us the power to stand up to our life's battles. Sometimes battling is prophesying and speaking out against the enemy's lies. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We can choose to allow what we say to bring life and speak blessings. We can choose to steer our lives into blessings by filling the atmosphere around us with words of faith and victory. We cannot have faith without speaking it. The way of the world and the law is about doing, but faith is about speaking. Quote, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. End quote. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We believe, therefore we speak. As you guard your mouth, consider these points. Number one. Command your morning. Speak the word of God over your day. His divine order expressed through you will bring freedom to you. Rise up early to receive insights, instructions, or even warnings from the Lord. 
Learn to love and delight in the empowerment he provides before you even step out of your house. Guard your first response. The enemy often wants to stir up fear in us and our circumstances and people in our world. Number two, rather than reacting to what you see, practice confessing your righteousness, not fear. Go into Shunammite mode. Three, grow in righteousness consciousness. Eat the word daily to strengthen your spiritual walk. Meditate and apply the word of God to your life so your thoughts will align with God's. If the truth is not established in your heart, start speaking it. This isn't to be confused with worrying about trying to have enough faith. Look to Jesus and use his faith. Don't worry about trying to be transformed. You can't change yourself by your own power. Apart from God, you are nothing. Apart from God, you can do no good thing. Don't worry about not having enough faith. Just look to Jesus. How do you know when you really trust God in a battle? A rest will take over. God will begin doing the heavy lifting and take you to levels you couldn't have accessed on your own. Faith can be difficult because it's easier to be a spectator than a participator. Theodore Roosevelt made this seem so simple in one of his famous speeches. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Whew! Hebrews reminds us Jesus is the role model we can count on to be the man in the arena. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith the first incentive for our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who, for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him, endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Just consider and meditate on him who endured for sinners such bitter hostility against himself, Consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Hebrews 12, 1. We need to remember this encouragement. We are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses who have fought the good fight of faith before us and made a way for us. The baton of faith has been given to us to be faithful witnesses to this generation. This 
is our time. This is our time. There is no plan B. We are the answer we've been waiting for. Will we stir up our faith and fan our flames enough to believe it? Because Jesus went through everything we could ever encounter, we don't have to squirm when life gets tough. Focusing on Jesus will help us remain fixed whether things on the outside seem to be going well or falling apart. Joy and suffering are different parts of the process of sanctification. But as we train ourselves to endure, we can keep the light in us alive. If we have any light at all, it is for God's glory. By ourselves, we are flickering inconsistencies. But as disruptions in our souls occur and we submit our wills to God's authority, he fans our flames. In Revelation, the church of Ephesus was encouraged to repent for having abandoned God in their faith walk so he could get them back on track. Quote, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. End quote. Revelations 2.4 the Spirit and the truth will lead and guide our hearts and minds and we abide in the Spirit. If we are drifting, we need to repent and turn back to God. God's eyes aren't going to and fro looking for perfectionists in the faith. He is looking for those whose hearts are right and pure before Him and who can continue to treasure Him above all else. Faith alone is not enough to fulfill destiny. When we're going through troubles, we must resist the temptation to grow weary or lose heart. If the enemy can wear us down, he will dominate us. But if we resist, we can win. This calls for endurance in spiritual warfare. Unfortunately, we can't download endurance, but we can build it. Endurance is built through resistance and through pressure, our favorites. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. And if you needed another boost, by your patient endurance, you will gain your souls. Luke 21.10 Will you go in and possess your spiritual promised land? The measure of the trials I face directly relates to the hope I can give the world. That doesn't sound lovely when you first hear it, but when it gets into your spirit, you realize that means surrendering. When we embrace what God allows in our lives and move through it, we recognize that we've given all we know of ourselves to all we know of God. In Acts, Paul and Silas exemplified great faith. They settled in their souls that Jesus was who he said he was. While in prison, they could have focused on so many things, but they responded to their circumstances with worship. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Acts 16.25 These men believed God is a spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. John 4.24 When their wills were crossed, they knew to depend on the spirit, abide in God, and remain settled in his truth. They sang hymns and praises because they have been miserable without worship. The Apostle Paul said this about faith. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul encouraged Timothy to not let the flame of faith burn out. Quote, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. End quote. 1 Timothy 1.6 What in your life threatens to extinguish your flame? What pushes the darkness in on you and diminishes your awareness of God's presence? For many, it's doubting God's existence. Doubt is the culprit behind this generation's complacency. It looks like half-heartedness or being lukewarm. God despises this spiritual state. Quote, But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. End quote. Revelation 3.16 James told us our supernatural God wants to perform supernatural works through our belief and willingness. If any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask our benevolent God who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. But he must ask for wisdom in faith without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. James 1.5 How we fight our doubt can build our faith. The more we believe in the supernatural power to change our minds, the more we can resist doubt. Paul told Timothy his faith would overcome the world and keep his life ablaze. When we build our lives that need God, we stir up a holy fire in our souls that enables us to fight sin, overcome temptation, and live in the world as ambassadors for Christ. Good disciples practice daily disciplines and recenter their hearts on God alongside others who keep them accountable. It's important to live with other faith-filled believers because we can falsely believe certain things are disqualifying us and we need others' encouragement to see what we need God for the most. Power, love, and self-control are our portion. These create the right barriers around our faith so it can flow in and through us. Paul made faith practical for Timothy because he knew he wouldn't always be able to see what he needed to see, and Paul didn't want him to be tempted to be defined by his disappointments. Paul reminded Timothy of a few ways to fan his flame. He reminded him of who he was in Christ. Knowing who we are protects us from many attacks against our identity. When we know who we are in Christ, we can afford to stand firm through uncomfortable situations that would otherwise make us flinch or compromise. He reminded him of God's call and his gospel, the good news. He reminded him that his faith, not fear, motivated and empowered him. He encouraged him to stay motivated by faith alone and guard against being consumed and driven by fear. He reminded him of what is worth holding on to and guarding, and he inspired him to re-engage. We are often tempted to shut down or isolate ourselves when the going gets tough, but Paul encouraged Timothy to fan the flame of all God had put in him rather than focusing on distractions. He reminded him of what he needed to release to press on into destiny. 
We can't allow our worries, expectations, unhealthy appetites, or anything that weakens us to knock us down. We've been invited to run a unique race, but we will never run well and with endurance if we are weighed down by the things we've outgrown or were never meant to carry. A good visual for what it looks like and feels like to be willing to surrender in the faith is trapeze artists. A trapeze artist swings and gains the right momentum to release herself from one swing and be grabbed by her catcher. If you let go of whatever you fear letting go of, will you trust God to catch you? Your acceptance of the call means that you say yes to God and fearlessly abandon anything that doesn't work towards his ends. We need mothers and fathers who will raise up the younger generation. We need people who believe they are called and qualified for discipleship. These godly relationships provide nurturing, discipline, instruction, belonging, and identity. Those who went before us left their mantles, passed their batons of the roles and responsibilities to us, and we must take their batons and keep running. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the greatest man in history. He had no servants, yet he was called master. He had no degree, yet he was called teacher. He had no medicine, yet he was called healer. He had no army, yet kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, yet he was crucified. He was buried, yet he lives today. If Jesus is in us, we can go where we couldn't have gone on our own and carry the batons we have received. With God, we can preach the gospel, demonstrate the kingdom, and manifest his glory throughout the earth. A biblical example is the story of Elijah and Elisha. When Elijah ascended to heaven in a whirlwind, he left his whole mantle to Elisha. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he gave us his mantle in portions according to our abilities. This is why it says that when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4, 8. We should build our lives on the foundation of our faith if we want to disciple well. If we let the Spirit come alive in us, we will find that the value of hearing revelation from God is beyond measure. We all have a natural desire to know what God has to say to us personally. God created us to need vision. When God's word is declared over a matter, it puts creative force into being to help accomplish his will in that situation. When combined with faith and spiritual warfare, this allows his divine purposes that could never have occurred in the natural realm alone to come into being. Running the race is about perseverance and endurance. It is staying the course as an effective witness of Christ. Will you pay the price to allow God to develop your gifts so you can influence communities, the marketplace, and churches so you can make a difference? God looks for those who are willing to sacrifice their comfort, battle opposition, and lead others to freedom. You can have an effect on culture and the social order by God's word and power. This is how the world will be changed, but 
It starts with you. As you challenge yourself to change, you will challenge others to do likewise. You're called to build, equip, lead, reform, battle, or perform miracles. Such kingdom exploits are needed for our times. God wants to use you and your testimony to bring breakthrough. To walk out our faith and fulfill the call, we need to work together. An example of this comes from Samuel. Though Eli didn't hear the Lord, he knew how to guide Samuel to respond. Good mentorship teaches us how to respond well to life. Sometimes God disturbs our rest and disrupts our peace to get our attention. With the help of mentors, even if we don't know the Lord or aren't as experienced in walking out our call, we can come to know God through our service to him. Samuel's job was to keep the light burning in the temple of the Lord. Though he didn't know the Lord, he discovered him through serving him. The Lord called Samuel, quote, and he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. End quote. 1 Samuel 3, 5. Samuel did not yet know the Lord or his word, but Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Samuel honored God without even fully knowing him. Eli knew God and had such an intimate relationship with him that he was not perplexed at Samuel having heard the Lord's voice. Under Eli's mentoring and submission to the Lord, Samuel grew to be one of the greatest prophets of the Lord. When you're walking by faith, you're walking without seeing where you're going. If you've ever done a trust fall, you fall into the arms of someone standing behind you. You have a sense of the discomfort. It's a challenge to walk out what God has called you to do. You have to know God is leading you even when everything around you is changing. The enemy attacks you because he hopes you don't find out and realize who you are. Sometimes we try to disqualify ourselves from the call of God and wonder how he can use us. I failed too much and struggled too much. But be encouraged. God's not looking for what's popular. He's looking for who's faithful. Sometimes we wish we didn't need God as much as we could work instead and prove we can do things, but we're all in need of Jesus's covering and grace. The best place we can be is in a state of helplessness and in need of our Savior's mercy and grace and realize we can produce nothing of value without him. We need to show effort before God does his part. Being faithful doesn't mean being perfect. It means when we fall, we get up and keep going. God wants to see us thrive. He wants to be able to tell us, well done. To hear this, we have to do a few things well that others simply will not do at all. It's okay to struggle, but it's not okay to play with God's holiness. What if people are waiting for you to get into position? Who might be tied to your obedience? You are called to impact what's around you because you are heaven's seasoning. Wherever God has planted you is where he intends you to be. Change can be very uncomfortable and warfare can seem intolerable at times. However, you have the choice to stay in your comfort zone or become more like Jesus. If you are a faithful steward, you will rule and reign with Christ. 
before moving into the life areas in this book, take some time to revisit your vision. What do victory, abundance, breakthrough, overflow, vindication, and favor look like? These all sound like things we should desire and pray for, but they're often beyond what we've planted or have achieved for ourselves. We all have to ask God to align us with the destiny and path he has for us. No path will look the same. We want only what's ours. Look at each area on the wheel with Jesus at the center. Divine assignments, divine work, divine finances, divine family, divine relationships, divine health, divine growth, divine elevation. Are you willing to hear God's voice and obey his word in each area of your life? Will you be bold and stir up your faith? Will you stand for God's promises when the enemy attacks what God has revealed to you? This is the fight of faith. If you are called to be an ambassador of God's freedom to a hurting world, you must first come into a place of freedom for yourself. Will you work the word to sharpen your gifts of revelation and vision? As you move forward, pay attention to how you can release the power of God's voice in everyday situations as well as your different life experiences and challenges. In each life area, God challenges you to get into position, and as you do, your witness will inspire others to partner with God and your testimony will help equip them. Stir up your faith and cross over to possess your inheritance. Quote, for those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. End quote. Jeremiah 9.24 Future generations will be blessed by your choice to obey God. The Lord will use you to impact and bless others. He is raising up anointed influencers equipped to enter territories, regions, cities, and industries, and bring with them the message of Jesus Christ, even as they relate in relevant ways to this current generation. Are you one of them? They speak a unique language. They carry a signature glory. Their arrival shifts atmospheres and impacts culture. They are anointed influencers, sanctioned and sent by God. The Lord will use them to affect and bless others. If this is you, get ready for growth and establishment to come into your life as you step into this assignment. We are to live in God's glory daily. God has designed us to create success and abundance in all our spheres of influence. We must keep making choices to press on even when we don't see an immediate return. Prompt for reflection. In what areas of your life is it difficult to receive blessings from God? Prayer. Lord, make me continually aware that my greatest need will always be for more of you in my life. Don't let me get to the place where I think I can live my own life without you. Help me recognize my complete dependence on you. I crave your presence, peace, power, and perfect love. I want to walk so closely with you that I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart at all times. I submit my needs to you. Increase my faith. I lift up to you my heart's longings and desires and recognize that you are the source of and the answer to everything I need and long for. Thank you for supplying all my needs and ordering my steps according to your perfect will. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop, literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free, for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else, 12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.